the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app, listen to the Tim DeMoss Show. A little bit of a delay. I think something's... There we are. And we're back on. I'm not sure what we had. We had a little technical issue, but that's okay. How are you? Welcome to Monday. Victoria, how are you doing today? Happy Monday. Happy March. Doing well. You have a good weekend? Yes, I did. How about yourself? I think so. Made it back in. That's a good sign. Had some family time and that's some time good. to relax. Got some emails caught up on some of those things and threw a couple snowballs before it all melts. Yep. It's all gone now. Well, just about. Not quite. That's why we have a little fun uh, music we'll still mix in here before the hour is through but yeah i think it gets cold tomorrow uh just a high of 38 with a lot of sun then it goes back into the 40s and 50s the rest of the week so we'll we'll see it all start to melt even further now it's nice to see uh the you know the the grass start to come through and eventually we'll be back to normal flyers won three zip over buffalo yesterday did the same on saturday and uh they have a game tomorrow night against pittsburgh Sixers home tonight at 7. Phillies lost to Detroit yesterday. Last time I checked, they were playing the uh, Orioles this afternoon. Spring training was 4-4 when I last looked. Uh, we have Gary G. Cobb joining us a little bit later on. Looking forward to that very much. But also right now, bringing on Brian Smith. He is a manager of broadcasting and media services for the Flyers. Hey, Brian, how are you doing today? Good, Tim. How are you? I'm doing wonderfully. Uh, you know, and looking at this, uh, <laughs> this consistent score, the Flyers seem to Put up against Buffalo, right? I mean, Saturday. I thought for a second I thought I had the wrong score because they won what Saturday three zip, then yesterday three zip. Uh, in fact, I think the last time they played before that, didn't the Flyers beat them three zip as well? Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a confusing routine. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's one of those statistical anomalies, if you will, and, and there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff this season. Not that shutouts have anything to do with this season, but. Um, yeah, you know, this is the first time we've shut a team out three times in a row um, in, in a given year, too. So uh, just uh, weird things going on. We're, we're getting ready to play Pittsburgh three times this week, and we've never played a team three times in a row in the regular season before. That is a, a function of of the schedule that we're all dealing with. But, uh, but yeah, there's been uh, a few different weird numeral things like that over uh, the last few weeks. So. Well, I'm sure they'll take it. You know, three zero shutouts, just keep, keep putting them in your pocket and keep moving forward if you can get them. Uh, Carter Hart with a nice game last night. Brian Elliott got the shutout on Saturday. And so they are getting into a good sing, you know, good, good swing of, uh, of hockey here. So what are you seeing as you, as you work with the team and uh, uh, things you, you know, confidence is such a big thing. When you can start to pick up a win, it starts to snowball in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it has been a very strange uh, last couple of weeks for this team. Um, really, I guess going back three weeks now, um, you know, the Flyers had uh, uh, one one of the, um, you know, they were one of the teams that basically had a COVID uh, situation running through the roster. So at one point they had as many as seven people 
out of the lineup, um, most of them forwards. They had six of their top, uh, basically six of the top nine forwards out of the lineup for 10 days. Um, and during that time, they only played three games. So it wasn't like they missed a ton of games, that group. Um, the, the Flyers already had a couple of games in that stretch postponed because the New Jersey Devils had a uh, COVID situation going through their locker room. So, um, you know, they, again, they went through um, a period of 21 days, I think, where they only played either three or four times, depending on which day was number 21, number one out of 21 days. But, um, yeah. uh, you know, so they went through a, a bit of a weird, um, weird, weird run. Um, they, they tied the New York Rangers on February 18th with what really looked like a preseason lineup, if you will. Um, right. But but uh, guys guys jumping in and taking trying to take advantage of the opportunity. Um, you know there were three or four flyers that, that had uh, career high minutes in that game just because they were shoved uh, a little bit higher up in the lineup than they normally would have been. Um, and then the Flyers went out to to Lake Tahoe and played that game against the Bruins with uh, a similar lineup, and, and unfortunately the result was what it was there. Um, you know the, the the Flyers have uh, the Bruins have given the Flyers fits this season, and then that was just I think. A bit of an unfortunate situation there for Carter Hart, a game he wishes he could have had back. But um, the, the Bruins scored three times in about two minutes in the second period. Right. Uh, all three of the goals looked like they were um, situations where Carter was, was fighting the, the sun glare a little bit. And, and the overall atmosphere out there uh, was a very bright day. Um, That's you know, right. And that was why the game was moved uh, to when it was. And at that point, toward the end of the second period, um, was uh, you know still pretty bright. The sun had set um, uh, officially, but uh, still a little bit of a weird situation going there. So those were the two losses in that set. And then the, the Flyers started to get guys back, and uh, it was almost like they flipped the switch. Um, one of the perplexing things about this team through the first 15 games of the year was that they were getting severely outshot. This is a team that was... Um, top two in the league, I think, last year in terms of shots allowed per game, um, keeping keeping other teams' scoring opportunities down. Right. Uh, but they were, they were uh, heading into the game after Lake Tahoe. The Flyers had a negative shot differential of 151 through 15 games, which is a lot. Um, I think the next closest team to that was a minus 70-something. Uh, so it was a very strange thing that we, we were all – those of us around the team really couldn't really figure it out, and uh, you know, but but they were winning in spite of that. In fact, two of the best games the Flyers had had this year were were, were two of their uh, five losses to Boston. So coming into that um, that Rangers game on the 24th, or the you know, it was, it was kind of like, all right, well, uh, you got to get some players back. We'll see how they bounce back. Well, the Flyers have had. 39, 39, and 38 shots in the last three games now, and they've outshot the opponent over those three games by a total of uh, 38. So, um, again, it's kind of like they almost flipped the switch to last year's group uh, a little bit. Um, they, they were fortunate, really, in all three of these games, and that's the thing. Like you know, uh, a lot of times um, you, you'll see hockey teams. Uh, kind of live live and die by the mantra of you don't want to get too excited after a win, you don't want to get too down on yourself after a loss. Um, and that's kind of what these last three wins are for the Flyers. Absolutely great to have them, uh, and they're playing a lot better overall. 
but they went up against a Rangers team that um, on the 24th it was missing basically the top two players that beat them in the game before that, and Artemi Panarin and Capo Caco. And then the, the Buffalo Sabres are just really out of sorts right now. <laughs> um, uh, there, there's something amiss in Buffalo. I'm not really sure what it is. They also had a COVID situation, but they definitely have not rebounded as well from as the Flyers did. Um, so, you know, the Flyers are going to take the momentum from those three games and try to apply it now to uh, to the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that's also been playing very well. They were, uh, I think, 7-1-2 in their last 10, um, had a setback uh, in their last game against the New Jersey Devils, but have been playing much, much better than they were at the start of their season. So, um, you know, that that's uh, kind of the goal this week for the Flyers is to take the momentum they've been able to build out of these last three games, despite, I think, all three of those opponents, well, both of the opponents not being at their best, and and continue it on in a place where they've played very well over the past uh, seven or eight years or so in, in Pittsburgh. And then you're going to have the intangible, too, of um, it being the first game the Flyers have played with fans in the building since last March. Um, yeah. The uh, Penguins are going to have about, uh, I think they said about 2,500 people in the building tomorrow, um, thanks to Governor Wolf's um, uh, ruling today, uh, opening things up a little bit around the state. So um, that's going to be uh, a very, uh, a very nice thing. I think you, even though the Flyers are are in Pittsburgh, which is uh, you know one of the fan bases that's toughest on the team, it's still going to be great to have some people and have some atmosphere in the building for for those three games. So uh, sure. very exciting week overall coming up here uh, for for the Flyers as they try to keep things going in the right direction. Yeah, Brian Smith, uh, uh, manager, broadcasting media services uh, with the Flyers, just checking in for a few moments. You know, you mentioned the, you know, Buffalo's kind of out of sorts, but you have to take advantage of it, right? I mean, you don't you yeah. play you play who's in front of you when they're in front of you. You, yep. you don't apologize and, for it. You just do your job. You, you don't. No. <laughs> and keep and, going. And it all, even, it all evens out in the end, too, because, uh, you know, none of those teams that saw the Flyers when they were down six forwards were going to, take the foot off the gas because they were missing all those players. You just uh, take advantage of it and, yeah. and blow right through it. And, but, but it all, like, like a lot of things in hockey, it's kind of, it's kind of funny sometimes, but uh, things always even out in the end. It seems like whether it's funny bounces or bad penalty calls or injuries, um, you know, it all, it all levels out in the end. And that's why it's, it's great that the flyers are, uh, were able to take advantage of the situations that they found themselves in over these last three games. Um, it's just a situation where they're not going to get too overconfident about it. They're not playing on the parade, anything like that. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, just uh, trying to, to build on the things that they were able to execute a little bit better in those three games, and uh, yeah. you know, go up against a Pittsburgh team that's going to be a little more full strength, I think, in their, in their last three games. And so, for Brian, for Flyers fans who would love to come to a game, you know, and get back to the Wells Fargo Center, what's the, the latest on that? And to your knowledge, it's all very new. What's going on here? But I, when we talked last time, you mentioned partway through the season, it's possible it was going to happen. You just weren't sure. What do you know now, and, and how would folks go about being able to take in a game, or is there a priority for season ticket holders, all that sort of thing? Well, what we know right now is, is as of today, um, the, the state, uh, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania has uh, upped the Wells Fargo Center um, limit to 15% of total capacity, any, any building like the Wells Fargo Center. So okay. that goes for PPG Paints Arena, that goes for um, you know the 
the minor league teams around the state, any any indoor venue that's as large as, as these buildings are, can now host um, 15% of capacity. The okay. thing that the, the Flyers now and the Sixers are now waiting for is for the go-ahead from the city uh, to do that. Um, last week, the city um, actually increased their limits to match what the state was. The state limit for a building like the Wells Fargo Center had been 500 people, um, but the city actually had a smaller limit in Philadelphia. It was 250. Hmm. So they went ahead and, and on Friday and lifted that limit to that state. Now the state has lifted their limit to 15%. And we're pretty confident that in relatively short order, um, the city of Philadelphia will follow through and do the same thing. The city of Pittsburgh already has. Um, you know, the, the two clubs, minor league teams in, in Allentown and in Wilkes-Barre, um, they've also been given the go-ahead to go to that uh, 15% number. So, um, again, we're, we're, we're just um, kind of waiting for that to happen. We, we feel like it's going to be a little bit, you know, more or less of a formality. Um, the, the Wells Fargo Center has been in touch with the city um, constantly over the past uh, several weeks developing their plan on how to, to safely um, admit fans to the arena. Uh, there was an $11 million upgrade to the HVAC system over the past couple of months that uh, yeah. really replaces the entire quantity of air in the entire building every 30 minutes. So it is wow. a very effective system That's amazing. Um, to, to try to, to, to mitigate any risk that there might be um, in terms of uh, attending a game like this. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Okay. Once we get that go-ahead, um, you know, you'll see information come out from the team on um, you know, how we're going to go about um, you know, getting folks into the building. Obviously, it's a, uh, a very limited number still, um, and, and we hope that that number will increase as the uh, spring goes on here but um you know the 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 processes in terms of how to um you know season ticket holders will have obviously first priority or season ticket members will be uh the, the first to hear on on how to yeah. you know take advantage of this opportunity but uh, that'll all be coming out in, in, the, uh, in the next few days and i think we're pretty optimistic that we'll be able to to uh to have fans back starting on on sunday when we're back home against the washington capitals but if not um, you know, definitely in this homestand here, the team will be in uh, a week from now. Uh, we should start to be able to bring some folks back and really looking forward to it because it's uh, it's really remarkable how uh, how much of a difference uh, it is to uh, to try to play these games in front of empty buildings like this. It's just uh, not not the same. Um, so uh, I think I don't know if you haven't had a chance to catch the Phillies game today, even haven't whatever they had down at uh, in Clearwater, where I think it was a couple thousand fans in that uh, stadium. Oh, yeah. yep. um, you know, that was a huge difference uh, for a, a team that had not played in front of a live crowd for uh, almost a full calendar year now. So, um, you know, we're really looking forward to starting with some baby steps and uh, hopefully filling the building more and more as the spring goes on. Absolutely. I was actually on a Zoom call with Aaron Nola after he came out of the game and he spoke to the fact that just having people out there is so much fun. <laughs> so just, I'm sure all the athletes are, you know, they're getting a lesson in a new way, in a good way, fan appreciation. Like, we love playing the game. Yeah. We, love the, we love the craft. We love the competition. But it's a lot nice when you have people to play for. <laughs> Directly, you can yeah. see, right? There's no question. Yeah. No question about that. 
Well, Brett, so just like just like the players, they're taking things one day at a time, one game at a time. You're doing the same with your job, and, and gradually it's looking like it's going to come together. So keep up the good work. Thanks for the update, too. Appreciate it very much. And maybe you'll be able to hop back on the air a little bit. On the, I know you do the away games in the past between periods. Have you had a chance to do a little bit of that during the season, or is that going to return for you? Uh, I've been, I've been kind of helping out a little more behind the scenes so far uh, this year um, just because it takes a lot of uh, extra effort. From Philadelphia, off a of TV monitor, uh, Tim Saunders and Pete Coast are doing a, a great job with that, and I've been kind of helping with the logistics of that. But I'll be hopping back on here for uh, a couple of games toward the end of March, um, just filling in for for Jason Martinez, and uh, you know we'll see uh, how things go here uh, down the road. We're hoping to have some you know expanded stuff, expanded programming as we get closer to uh, the playoffs, as we usually do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be getting in there sooner or later. That's great. That's great. Well, and we hope that the next time we chat, it'll be even that much closer to what do you call normalcy, if you will. And, and of course, the playoffs is getting exciting to see how the team's doing. So hopefully they're on the upswing, as you mentioned, with the Penguins tomorrow night and one day at a time. Thanks again, Brian. Have a great rest of your day, my friend. Sure thing, Tim. We'll talk to you soon. All right. It's Brian Smith, manager of broadcasting and media services for the Philadelphia Flyers. Kind enough to hang out with us a little bit. Get us updated on the Flyers and what's going on with the fan situation, too. Quick break. Come back in just a moment. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 424, Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. At the beginning of that little break there... There was a uh, mention of the Deeper Faith Alaska cruise, which comes up at the end of the summer, which, not to rush anyone, but we'll be here before we know it. We're now into March. Before long, you know, sun's coming out, weather gets warmer. Perhaps, as I did, I have a notice from the IRS here. Normally, not something I'm thrilled about. <laughs> I never really know what to make when it says official business. But this says your second economic impact payment is on its way. Have you had any of these, Vic? I have not checked, but I, I didn't know they're officially going out again. Well, it's dated February 18. I got it about four days ago. Mail's been a little slow lately. Yeah. And, uh, and then it says if you don't receive this in your bank account in the next week, then here's where you can go to check on it. Well. So, I mention it because, I mean, there's a lot we could talk about. It's, it's good news. But, uh, some folks, you know, are receiving these these uh, economic uh, payments and, I don't know, paying bills or things you're already behind on, perhaps starting a project, you know, you wanted to get to and now you can. Others are uh, using these payments for things like when we had our partnership with Preborn. There are folks who are donating to Preborn, you know, which is pretty cool. Um, Very generous of them. Yes. We have another ministry we're working with. We've done in the past called Save the Children. They're coming up uh, more officially next week, although there's some stuff on our website about that from now. If you want to jump on board, you can do that. Uh, Or perhaps I bring it up because the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, some folks including myself, might think a cruise is kind of like for people who have a lot of money and it's like a little luxury, more than I can handle or kind of a deal. And when I started going into the brochure further, I was like, really? 
It's actually not that expensive. I thought it'd be, you know, there are certainly a higher end cabins, but you can be on a cruise at a very reasonable price. So, so a beautiful state like Alaska. Yeah, have you been to Alaska? I have not, but I have people in my family that have, and they said it really was one of the most beautiful places they've ever visited. Yeah. So I want to go eventually. Okay. Maybe on the cruise. Maybe. <laughs> I wish. Maybe. <laughs> you know, we should talk to folks in, you know, in management here about uh, possible like remote broadcast. You know, from the deck of the of the ship. <laughs> right. While we're at the buffet enjoying all the stuff that they have there, you know. That would be a good idea. Alice Jabega comes up at 5, is going to be leading a wor- uh, uh, Bible study, and uh, Laura Story and Michael O'Brien going to be leading in worship. Want to congratulate uh, Rachel Mullica Hill, New Jersey, Julian Perkisey, and Ethel in Newtown Square among our CD winners of Crown Him. That contest with Michael O'Brien went through last night. The grand prize winner, Cheryl in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. So high fives and pats on the back to all of you. There are some other winners in there as well. And uh, we love doing contests. We love making winners. And so congratulations to all for uh, for participating in those. We have other winners we want to congratulate during the show. But uh, I mentioned this. If you want to check out the Deeper Faith Alaska cruise, Alistair Begg, Laura Story, Michael O'Brien, wonderful sights and sounds and stops along the, the trip, WFL.com has it right on our homepage, the Deeper Faith Alaska cruise. And it could be one way you consider – uh, using that stimulus check that it comes in, should it come in. Gary G. Cobb is going to join us shortly. Really uh, enjoy having him on the program. It's been a while. G. Cobb. So we'll get him on the air here in just a little bit, and then we'll keep it going from there. Has some special music from Toby Mac I want to share with you. And uh, if we have time, we'll do another giveaway here on the air, just uh, through our text line. It's Tim DeVos Show, WFIL. Thanks for hanging out today. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 431, Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Had a cloudy day going, a little rain this morning, but eventually just clearing out for the night, low down to 23. One more cold day in the tank, it looks like. Sunny with a high of 38 tomorrow, but back into the 40s and 50s, it looks like for a while after that, so... The snow should be gone fairly soon. Flyers beat Buffalo 3-zip yesterday. Carter Hart, 28 saves. James and Reamsleg with a goal and an assist. They actually beat Buffalo 3-0 on Saturday. And last time they played back in January. Making a thing out of this. Flyers at Pittsburgh tomorrow at 7. Phillies also, uh, lost yesterday 10-2 to Detroit. But they tied this afternoon at 4. In uh, spring training action against Baltimore. Sixers home tonight at 7 against Indiana. I was on a Zoom call earlier today with Philly's starting pitcher, Aaron Nola, who pitched this afternoon, and he commented on the excitement about the prospect of pitching in front of at least some fans come opening day in April. Even better, man. It's, I mean, that's normal to us. That's what we that's what we know baseball as. That's what we know sports as. Um, we really, I know myself, playing with no fans in the stands last year really made us appreciate them. You know, you really don't realize it until you don't have what you have. So for them to be in the in the stands, Citizens Bank obviously would, would be awesome. I mean, it kind of gets you more in the zone. You know, they uh, you hear the crowd get loud. I mean, that's we, some, some of us, even most of us, uh, play off that. You know, we feed off the fans. We feed off the, the energy. The cardboard cutouts helped a little bit. Uh, the crowd noise helped a little bit. But you can't replace a uh, human being in the stands. 
But, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we get to that point uh, all year and it gets better as the year goes on. That's Phillies starting pitcher Aaron Nola, the very likely opening day starter. We bring on now a good friend of the program. It's been a little while. Gary G. Cobb, former Eagle, Cowboy, Lion, and longtime Philadelphia sports broadcaster, among other things. You can look him up online, gcobb.com, G-C-O-B-B.com. Hey, Jay, how you been, man? I'm doing great, Tim. How are you? Wonderful. I'm realizing, I'm thinking, have we talked since the new year kicked in? The time's flown by a little bit here. I'm not sure if we've we've had you on in a little while. No, that's a that's a good point. I, I don't know if we have or not. We we might have slipped in there. I don't know, but um, I don't know if we slipped in there in January at all. But but we're here now. All right. I didn't want you to take it personally. I think I had forgotten about you or anything. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> I I mean, you know, uh, I'm I'm hanging in there, uh, but it does hurt. Me. Don't call it to them. <laughs> <laughs> You have G Cobb is people too. He has feelings too, just like the rest of us. Don't That's let, right. I have feelings. That's don't right. let the tough exterior fool you. That's well, right. Well, so since since we've talked, there's been a Super Bowl. Somebody won. Uh, also, a bunch of people won on one team, of course. Uh, but Carson Wentz, a big deal, right? We have he's, he's now yep. no longer here. He's in Indianapolis. Third round pick, conditional second round pick, and. Uh, what do you think of the trade, just on the surface, for starters? Well, you know, in a way, you'd be disappointed from the standpoint that Carson came here as a second pick in the draft. And, um, of course, he had that year to the 2017. You know, he had the year, you figure, boy, we got the guy. You know, this guy's going to be with us for years. This is just the first Super Bowl. You know, that's where everybody's thinking. This is just the first Super Bowl because you figure, you know, once he really gets gets it rolling, you know, it's going to be, you know, a regular thing. And, you know, he played such a key role in uh, that, that Super Bowl run. I, I know, you know Nick Foles was the guy out there who was the quarterback at the Super Bowl. But prior to that, you know, uh, Carson had had his team 11-2. and two. Right. You know, and right. he, he had him on a roll. And you, you talk about the guy, he's just starting out his career. I mean, what is it, in his second year? You know, I mean, this guy is doing this early in his career. So he's saying, oh, man, the things they're going to do. And that's what's disappointing about it is that you never saw that realized here with Carson playing uh, the way he is capable of playing and the team putting together a group around him and, that 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 was discouraging, and then you know, hearing some of the things people were reporting, I don't know how much of it was true, because you know, I was impressed with Carson, the kind of person he was, and you know, he's he's doing everything the right way. I mean, look at how many guys have got a, um, you know, this vehicle going around, you know, serving people, uh, you know, that um, don't have anything to eat. I mean, come on. It's true. How many quarterbacks are thinking like that? You know, he just you know, just say, man, you know what? You know, this is the kind of thing that is going to be an example to so many other of the kids to say, you know, you know, reach your hand out, and help other people. You know, so from that standpoint, I, I was really disappointed about that because it got to where you know they're they're sullying his name and his reputation. And I'm going like, you know. Everything I know about the guy, he's a good, good person. You know, yeah. he's a good person. He's a hard worker. 
know, he, he, he's the guy that wants to win. So I, I just feel bad about that when it comes to um, the way the way media is, because it just seems like it's always at some point you're talking about the dirt. You know, you got to get some dirt in. <laughs> I'm like this is this is too good of a story. We got to get some dirt from somewhere. You know, so yeah. that part of it I felt bad about because. He's a good person, and you know, um, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. I know. I heard you were, though, Tim. But (laughs) but nobody's perfect. So why, you know, why do you have to get to where a a person's name has got to get sullied? That's what. That's what I feel bad about. And um, yeah, you know, because he's he's a good person, and I thought he was doing things the right way. Well, I'll be rooting for him to do well in Indianapolis, and uh, I do mm-hmm. think I think that sometimes people project onto somebody else what they think they're thinking because that's how they would think. And um, yeah. your whole point about Carson Wentz taking the Eagles to an eleven and two record in twenty seventeen, and then Foles taking the baton from there and finishing the job due to Wentz's injury, uh, I, I actually think number one, people forget how important Carson Wentz was. Partly because the Super Bowl was so super, uh, being against the Patriots, the Philly Special, all those plays. It was a high-scoring game. It was an interesting game. It wasn't like the dud a couple years where Patriots and Rams was 13-3. It was was an interesting game. So It might have been the greatest Super Bowl I've seen, you know I mean, when you think about it. You You got a guy who a lot of people feel is the best ever. Yeah. Um. You, you got a guy in um, oops, you got a guy in uh, Tom Brady who throws for 500 yards. Come on, man. yeah. <laughs> a lot of people think he's the, he's the greatest to ever play the game. He threw for 500 yards, yet the Eagles still beat them. Right. I mean, that, that's that's a that's an amazing game, and so you got to give you know uh, Nick Foles credit and everything. But Carson was the one that got those guys believing. Because when they went into the season, they were, come on, we're going to win the Super Bowl. But they were believing. I mean, come on, they thought they could beat anybody. They got on a roll. They thought they could beat anybody in the league. And Carson was the one that got them to the point where they were thinking like that. And so um, he's to be commended for that because that was his mentality. And that's why he's saying, I know there are big things in the future because he had a winning mentality. And when you got your quarterbacks got that winning mentality, it spreads to the rest of the guys on the team. Hmm. So, you know, uh, and that, that's the unfortunate part. But, you know, in a way I'll be rooting for him. But, you know, I'm still rooting for the Eagles, though. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure. I, but I, I want him to do well because, like I said, I, I thought Carson, uh, even if, if he made a mistake here or there, like I said, I know I've never made any mistakes. But... <laughs> <laughs> you know, also, so, folks. so you know, uh, so I, you know, that's one thing is you know, uh, I get caught at times where I have to check myself, like I could be looking at a game and go, "Oh man, how could you miss that tackle? Oh man, you know." You didn't miss any and tackles. I go, you know what? Did you? Uh, I, I missed a few, a few tackles in my day. Okay. I have to admit, <laughs> <laughs> grabbing it air once in a while. But it, yeah, but it, it's just so easy, you know, to. Uh, and jump on somebody else. It's just so easy to do it. But yeah. um, you know, that's that's the thing we have to we have to check ourselves. And then, you know, and I I, I just uh, many times you know I, I'm getting ready. I, 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 you know, I probably need to pass on that. 
You know, <laughs> I missed that play a hundred times, you know. So, yeah, Gary G. That's, Cobbs, that's I the guess. way I feel about the, the uh, whole thing with the trade. Yeah, uh, well, and Romans. So, folks, just tuning in. Gary G. Cobb's our guest. Played for the Eagles, uh, a couple other teams in the, in the league, and longtime Philly broadcaster, and and uh, many other things too. Uh, but you know, Romans twelve fifteen comes to mind. It says, "Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn." I had a friend of my dad's who said, "Tim, Christians have this pretty good. The rejoice, uh, uh, the mourn part, mourn with those. Oh, I'm so sorry about your loss, or come around somebody who has it worse than you do. But when someone has it a little bit better, or someone else got a new job and you didn't get a new job, it's not that easy. Like, hey, good for you. Where's my job? Yep. So, I, <laughs> now, and then not to be, not to doubt. I mean, the Lord told us about, so He must want us to." be rem- reminded but that's what i mean when someone looks at carson wentz and they don't know him they never talked to him they would assume he's jealous of nick Foles. when it's like well, have you ever talked to him and even if he struggled with that that's part of human nature and and he wants to serve the lord so i'm sure he wants to and and i, and I don't know firsthand but i'm just saying like that's why all i think negative stuff starts to come out because it's really more of a reflection i think sometimes on people who are observing a situation not that they know it but that they, they they say, well, if it was me, you know, I probably they, right. They assume they they assume right. And you're right. And and um and the thing about it is, you know, of course they were both believers. They're both believers, right? And uh, and they had a close relationship. And you, you could see Carson's rooting for Nick. You know, uh, they just uh, felt good about each other. They never had any problems with each other with their relationship. And you know, it, it just um it just seemed like Carson was pulling for his guy. You know, his buddy. You know, to go in there and get the job done. So, yeah, I, I just, you know, it's, it's one of those unfortunate things. It's part of the game. But, uh, you know, I hope I hope things work out for Carson. I hope that, um, you know, he's able to continue, you know, being, you know, and working with that light. You know, he, he definitely um, was a great example, you know, with, with what he was doing here in Philadelphia with the giving, you know. Uh, you just you just take your hat off to a guy who has got everything going and he's uh, you know he's got the big multi million dollar contract and everything and then he's putting out uh, this um, you know the the what, what was it the um, carriage or the uh, the mobile unit he had yeah that came and, and they're, uh, yeah that's right and they're out serving food to the um, people who are you know in, in situations where they don't have anything to eat so. Yeah. I just think that's just a great example, uh, really, for all of us. Not not just the kids, but it's an example for everybody. You know, um, you always can help somebody. You always can help somebody. That's the thing that it says to me. Uh, you know what I said? I have a quick break to take, but I, I'll close a thought. Then if you have a second to hang, I want to ask you one other question. Um, I, I'll be here. Okay. Yeah. I was reading uh, somewhere where I was on Facebook yesterday. I don't, there's so many things flying around. Not, not a lot of it sticks with me. But this one said something like, I can't do all the good that the world needs, but the world needs all the good I can do. And I thought that was an interesting way of putting it. Because like, it's like yep. your life matters and, and be faithful right where you are with what you have. And uh, and then you're okay. <laughs> so, all right, quick That's break. It. We'll come back. G. Cobb is our guest. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. 
446 in the Tim DeMoss Show. I'm getting my Christmas music in one last time before the snow melts. Gary G. Cobb uh, hanging out with us. Former Eagle, Cowboy, Lion, Broadcaster, all-around good guy. Never missed a tackle in his life. Uh, <laughs> so, actually, I lied. Two questions. I said one. With Carson moving on, you have Jalen Hurts, at least for the moment, appearing to be the starter. If you're the Eagles, do you draft a quarterback with their sixth pick in the draft? Or do you – or the, is there any quarterback you would take besides Trevor Lawrence who's going to go first, almost for sure? Uh, or would you pick – you know, is it kind of redundant? And do you, do you give Jalen at least a year to see what he can do and pick somebody else that can help the team in another position? Well, what I've seen so far, I probably would, would give Jalen a, a Jalen a year. Uh, it depends, though. I mean, if I'm in love with one of those quarterbacks, though, I would have no problem drafting them uh, because, you know, of course, you know how important the position is. So it, it really is going to come down to what do I think of those guys. But as far as I'm concerned with what I've seen, I, I mean, I, I like a lot of things about Jalen. I mean, and, and some of the the things I, I saw in Carson, you know, I like his leadership. I, I like the, the way he's working with his teammates. Uh, even right now, he's got those guys together, and they're working uh, on, on developing a rapport with each other. And I saw that last year with him, uh, that he's very good at, at that. And, and, the, and the thing about Jalen, just from his history, is, you know, he got benched in a national championship game. But he did not fall apart. He didn't start criticizing uh, – you know, Tua, uh, you know, who was the guy that would replace him. You know, they won the national championship, and he was still a team guy. And I just like his, his poise and everything. I, I do, and I do think he can handle Philadelphia because, you, know, uh, you know, years ago I, I, I nicknamed Philadelphia Negadelphia. You did. You know, for some of the fans. <laughs> but um, well, it, it, really, it really was a lot of media I was, I was talking about. But anyway. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, but, but I call it Negadelphia, and – you know, you got to have tough skin to play in Philadelphia, and you got to have tough skin to play quarterback in Philadelphia. So I think that Jalen is up to that. And um, you know, uh, I heard him say something that it kind of got me giggling. He he said that his uh, his coach uh, Coach Saban down in Alabama told told them before games when everybody was heaping all this praise on them, he told them, "Don't eat the rat poison." <laughs> So he, he was saying that he was taught, don't listen to the media, regardless of whether they're saying something good or they're saying something bad, because if you're believing it and it's something good, it can hurt you. And if you're believing it and they're saying something bad, it can hurt you. So just don't pay attention to it. So I think that he can handle, uh, you know, the, all of the, uh, the media and the focus he will get in Philadelphia as the quarterback for the Eagles. So I would say go with him. But uh, it all comes down to how they feel about, you know, the quarterbacks that are coming out. But I kind of think they are going to go go with them because from what I've heard, you know, the brass up top, namely, you know, Howie and, uh, and Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Laurie, I, I hear they, they feel good about uh, Jalen uh, Hurts. So okay. we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be yep. very interesting. Lots of conversation between now and draft night for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, one last thing for you, G. So just like in football – uh, in fact, uh, you know, Super Bowl we talked about, and, and, and of course, Tom Brady leading the Buccaneers to championship last month. Uh, was it this month? No, it's last month now that we're in March. Yep. And, um, mm-hmm. I was reading some of the players' comments on Tom Brady coming to Tampa Bay 
and how after six Super Bowls in New England, he wins one now in Tampa Bay, and how he's calling them at midnight and texting them at like all hours of the night or That's early. That's right. I, I, heard, I heard that, yeah. <laughs> and they're all like, this guy's serious. So just the yeah. thought of how he um, really takes his craft very seriously and uh, and is even at 43, and even though he's done all this other winning, he's not fat, dumb, and happy at all. He's like learning and always learning. And I, I'm just thinking um, – like in football, and like you would know, having played all those years as well, where a player's hopefully always learning, no matter how much they've accomplished. Same thing in our walk with the Lord. And I know you love the Lord a lot, and every time we talk, you usually drop a nugget of wisdom or just something that God's been teaching on you, uh, you know, whether it's a, a verse that's come to mind or just something you're seeing as you work with the players or going to the prison system and, and, uh, and they're talking with the young men there, whatever. Anything that's come to mind the last couple of months since we chatted last? Well, you know, it's it's the fundamental, you know, that I and I love staying with the fundamentals, you know, and the, and the, you know the uh, scripture, you know, uh, judge not and you will not be judged, you know, uh, you know that you you examine yourself before you so quick to examine somebody else, you mm. know, because and you know our society, you know, and the thing about it, you know, uh, everybody's talking about everybody and making these judgments about people. Some of them they don't know the people, they don't know their situation. <laughs> But quickly form a judgment. They should have done this. They should have done that. You know, it's so easy to do that. It really almost times I almost feel like I got to put tape on my mouth, not to start judging somebody. So, <laughs> and so I just say, hey, look in the mirror first. Look in the mirror first. That's the first thing you need to do. Don't be quick to put your mouth on people. You know, it's 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 um, it's it's something that. Really, you got to focus on all day just to keep your mouth off of other people and say something good about them rather than assuming something bad, which is what you talked about earlier, is that so easy to just assume the worst of people. So yeah. let's assume good things and, and, uh, and not be so critical. I like that, G. I like that a lot. First Corinthians 13, which is one of those passages that even the very casually trained in Scripture are aware of the love chapter, love is patient, love is kind. I love is all mm-hmm. the other things. One of those is love always hopes, right? Yeah. Love always is pessimistic. I probably won't. You know? <laughs> right? Love always hopes. And that's so, right. That's and what then, we want. And then, you know, and then they also have the scripture where uh, think on these things, whatsoever is kind, you know, and it talks about all the things to think on, you know. It's let's true. think on something good. Amen. Let's, 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 uh, let's be positive. Amen. Gee, let's not make it so long next time. Hey, sounds good. Hey, you got the number. I do. <laughs> I do. Have a great rest of your All day. Right. All right. Good talking Gary, to you. All right. Gary G. Cobb. You can look him up online. G. Cobb. G-C-O-B-B.com. More to come in just a moment. W-F-I-L. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 W-F-I-L. Email D at WFIL.com. All right, it's 4.56 in the Tim DeMoss Show, and we just don't have quite enough time to play the Toby Mac song I wanted to play. I'd have to cut it off at the end. I didn't do my math right this program, but that's all right. We'll play it tomorrow. It's going to be coming. It's an amazing song. I played it last week. It's called Maybe, uh, so it's called Help Us On The Way, Maybe A Midnight. Amazing video, too. We'll get it on our Facebook page before long. If you would like to, next time you're on Facebook, by the way, check out WFIL's uh, page. Uh, follow us on Twitter, all those sort of things too. Before the show is done here, uh, I do want to. Uh, we wrapped up 
Of course, now we're into February, or into March. Wrapped up February. Our ministry of the month last month uh, was a new beginning with Greg Laurie. We did it at 10 a.m. Congratulations. I just wanted to say hello and congratulate Betty and Clayton, New Jersey. Sharon and uh, Maze Landing. Shirley in Philly, Virginia in Feasterville, Donna in Monroeville, New Jersey, Adam in East Earl, PA, Rhonda in Camden, Rita in Southampton Township, Van and Karen in Philly, Henry in Kennett Square, Roger in Allentown, Jack in Sanatoga, Carol in Southampton, PA, Hannah in Narberth, Linda in Havertown, Carmen in Boyertown, and Melanie and Dan, both in Philadelphia, and George and Bryn Mawr, our grand prize winner, as we participated and featured A New Beginning with Greg Laurie. So a lot of winners. We do it every month. We feature a different ministry. This time around, Alan Jackson Ministries, which is new to the lineup, 6 a.m. each weekday. Lots of stuff you can win. In fact, this time around, each and every listener can actually download a free copy of a book. It's called God Bless America. Again, a prophetic perspective. Each person listening is welcome to download one free. On top of that, when you do that, you qualify for another prize called Intentional Faith, aligning your life with the heart of God, plus 100 days of Intentional Faith Journal. We're giving one of those away every day. And there's a grand prize on top of that. That's just one slice of winning going on at the radio station. So check that out. Alan Jackson Ministries, our new Ministry of the Month for March. Congratulations to all the other winners I was mentioning there a moment ago. And... Uh, We'll wrap up now and pass the baton to Jim Axon with Acts 413 Ministries. Thanks for listening in. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.